Uh, 38 past one. Uh, I can't imagine what we're going to talk about with playing politics here. Star Tribune, John Rash and Scott Gillespie from the trip. Let me just read uh, an opening graph, and John, you go first. Ambassador Gordon Sondland testified Wednesday more bluntly than he had before that President Trump and his personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, sought to condition a White House invite for Ukraine's new president to their demands that his country publicly launch investigations that could damage Trump's political opponents. Of the four days of testimony, how powerful was this morning's and the continued questioning which is taking place right now? Different and distinctly powerful, partly because, remember, this was a Republican witness whom they had called forward, hoping that he would exonerate the president. And not only did he implicate the president, but the vice president, the acting chief of staff, the secretary of state, and the entire administration as being in the loop and boiled it down, not just for the lawmakers assembled, but for the Americans watching, that if one is asking, was this a quid pro quo, he distinctly and directly said Yes, absolutely. And, Scott, because there's always a tweet. This is from President Trump, October 8th, 2019, on Gordon Sondland. I would love to send Ambassador Sondland, a really good man, a great American, to testify. But, unfortunately, he would be testifying before a totally compromised kangaroo, kangaroo court where Republicans' rights have been taken away and true facts are not allowed for the public. Well, he testified today, and as we all, as we all saw and as we all could predict, within minutes, the president said, I, seems like a nice guy, but I barely know. Barely know him, even though he gave a million dollars to my campaign. I made yep. him the EU ambassador. He's flown on Air Force One. Obviously, they've had conversations that we've learned about here during the impeachment mm-hmm. hearings. Uh, ridiculous. Uh, he obviously knows him very well. They are They are trying, John, to hang up on still, guess what? The money still went. And what words did the president actually use to you? Okay. Well, we now know the phone call where he's confirming, Sondland is confirming, they're going to do the investigation. He's just had the phone call the day before when he's asking about the debunked conspiracy theory that the Ukrainians were behind the election in 2016. And he's just asked him about Joe and Hunter Biden. So how is that anything but this was firmly directed and run by the president, by his own words, and also when he's saying, follow Rudy, and when Rudy, his own attorney, not a member of the State Department, not somebody else within our government, but the president's own attorney, is directing these folks through his questionable contacts to investigate the Bidens and Burisma. It's a significant shift from a perfect phone call, as President Trump had termed it, and the defense on down the line from nearly every congressional Republican, that nothing untoward had happened. And my feeling is that as this testimony continues to come forward, and we're going to have more this afternoon and more this week and more next week as well, Republicans are going to back off a bit in terms of their defense of the president because they just don't know what's coming next and where the story is shifting. And that creates a a vulnerability for the president of the United States among what who should be his staunchest supporters within the Beltway here. And I think on the first point that you brought up, it's important to remember what the core issue is here. Ukraine is an ally. They are in a shooting war with Russian-backed separatists that has killed more than 13,000 Ukrainians. Mm -hmm. And as testified by Ambassador Taylor and others, and most likely this afternoon by 
Fiona Hill from the State Department, that this defense aid was real and it really made a difference. And as Ambassador Taylor said, he worried that more people would die as he looked across that bridge towards the area that the Russian-controlled separatists control at this point. And so if the aid eventually did go through, the withholding it was not only against what the congressional mandate was, but against what we had told an ally. And that's not a small matter. That is the core matter of what happened here. And again, Scott, the there's a push from all sorts of individuals saying, let's release the money. And all of a sudden, word gets to the White House about the whistleblower. Word gets, and, and days later, it's released. Not for the months after it had been approved, as John just laid out absolutely accurately, in a bipartisan vote, but within the time that the whistleblower, when the White House found out about it, boom, that's when it goes out. That's just a really interesting uh, timing there. It's, it's, it's one plus one equals two since that's what we're doing a lot during these, the testimony. That's right. And I think the timeline is really important in all of this. And then also just who was in the know. And that's what was stark about today in Sondland's testimony. You recall that earlier in the, during the hearings and even in some of this week's testimony, there was the discussion about a separate dip- diplomatic channel, sort of a Rudy channel. Yeah. Well, today we learned that there wasn't really a separate channel. There was one channel and everybody was in it. And Sondland says, John, he says, I didn't want to work with Rudy, but we were doing this under the president's orders. And I'll say this from from a tax. Uh, If you compare what the Obama administration gave to Ukraine to what the Trump administration eventually gave Ukraine, there is no comparison. There is no doubt. So for that, I, I think they deserve credit. I disagree with President Obama. But what you did in through leverage, through bribery, cannot be forgotten. The question then becomes, if the Democrats in the House know that we're still looking at even more powerful testimony that's going to come up, that the Democrats in the House know that we're still looking at even more powerful testimony that's going to come up that they know they have the votes to impeach him now. But they also know that unless just two or three unbelievably new information, pieces of information come out, that the president will not be found guilty in the Senate. Is this still worth it for the Democrats in the House? Two points here. One, in terms of President Obama versus President Trump and the policy differences, we concur with you and agreed with the Trump administration that lethal aid should have been sent to yep. Ukraine to defend the country against the Russian incursion and indeed editorialized about that during the Obama administration years. Right. So, yes, credit goes to the administration for what we believe was the right decision. But that's a policy difference between Correct. the two administrations, which is fundamentally different from making what may be the right policy choice, but then upholding it for all the wrong reasons as Multiple people have come to Capitol Hill to testify from that perspective. In terms of the impeachment inquiry in the entire process, regardless of where the politics fall, the Democrats and more profoundly Congress have a constitutional role as oversight of the executive branch, which is the way the founding fathers put this constitution in this country together 200 some years ago at this point. So this is their duty. And the great regret is that it's turned into such a partisan difference 
when it should be more of an institutional or a branch difference between the executive and legislative branches in terms of holding them accountable. That is what ultimately happened regarding Watergate. And, of course, famously, you had key Republicans, including Mr. Republican, Mr. Conservative at that time, Barry Goldwater himself, famously going to the White House and telling President Nixon that Republicans were ready to join Democrats and move forward with impeachment. And then, of course, President Nixon resigned. Scott, I'm going to pick up on that because Ken Starr, of all people today, is watching this and was saying this was a bombshell day. This was a game changer. And he raised that idea. He said, uh, is it possible that you'll have senators who will look at this and change their mind? Um, I think behind the scenes, my gut would be that a lot of Republican senators are further horrified and concerned by this. But I don't think today change any Republican senators' votes. I don't know yet. And I think that it 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 is hard to believe that we're going to see 20 Republican senators vote to impeach. But the momentum on this is changing. There is more testimony to come. There's more evidence that we're going to see and that will come forward. I just I, I think I stopped predicting uh, when when Trump was elected. Uh, so <laughs> that's um, probably right. I, I I don't I think we have to uh, have to ride this out a little a little more before we know uh, how how that'll play. And I think you're right, Chad. How how it plays with the Senate is different than how it plays with with House Republicans. I want to talk when we come back a little bit more about this, including um, what I thought were uh, remarkably unfair comments towards Lieutenant Colonel Vidman, and also we have another debate tonight, and we have a new leader. For the Democrats in that race, let's talk about uh, both those issues when we return. Scott Gillespie and John Rash are here from the Star Tribune. It's 148. That is the Lindis Construction Time Check. Time to protect your home against drafty windows and doors. Continue to play uh, Grammy-nominated songs today. It's 51 past one. John, I want to go to you on Lieutenant Colonel Vindman. I I certainly understand if uh, Republicans, including their attorney, they want to uh, aggressively question. Lieutenant Colonel, if if you're in the middle of this and you're testifying, that is a part of it. But when the report comes out yesterday that officials within the Army are so concerned about threats towards him and his family that they are deep into plans about potentially putting him in a secure location. And then also when we have the president hinting at it and we have Congressman Chris Stewart from Utah questioning why an active member of the military a Purple Heart recipient is testifying in front of Congress in uniform when this has only happened thousands and thousands and thousands. It's just to try to drop hints to their supporters about questioning uh, his loyalty, why is he doing this, his grandstanding, just try to win on the facts as opposed to diminishing someone who really is a testament to the American dream about where he came from and what he and his twin brother and the rest of his family has done in serving this country. Who would have thought that a highly decorated Purple Heart earning uh, combat veteran would have to potentially get protection because of menacing comments from a leader of a country, and that country isn't Russia or China, but the United States. And that's actually what has happened at this point, and many others have jumped on this. And as you say correctly, Chad, he is an an example of what – One can do when they come to this country, came here as a toddler fleeing the Soviet Union and dedicated his entire adult life 
to the military, as has his siblings as well. And so, you know, here he is getting criticized despite having been combat wounded and despite working within the White House. And he's being criticized by the very same administration regarding the uniform, as has been widely reported at this point. That's a requirement, you know, when yeah, you're right. up there on Capitol it's protocol. Hill. So it should be an embarrassment for those who took exception to that because that's what the military calls for at this point. And we're in a culture where support our troops and thank you for your service yeah. is one of the few things that has transcended the partisanship that defines this era. So it's so disappointing to see it break down on something like this because this is where he always should be thanked for his service. But it takes tremendous fortitude to come forward mm-hmm. like this. Yep. And that's part of service as well. All right, Scott, let's turn to tonight. The Democrats debating. This is on NBC. And the biggest change now is in a number of polls in Iowa and in New Hampshire. Mayor Pete is the leader. Uh, and a couple polls showing a noticeable lead. So when you look at now, because we watched this with Joe Biden early, we watched it with Elizabeth Warren and now with Pete Buttigieg. How do you think he will be uh, attacked or questioned aggressively, not just by the moderators, but by his uh, colleagues, his opponents tonight? Well, you're going to, I'm sure, hear experience brought up. Uh, you may well indeed uh, hear about some of the uh, problems in, in South Bend, Indiana, with uh, race and with crime. Uh, I think he's a very knowledgeable candidate. He's centrist. Uh, will those who are uh, to the left of him attack him on some of those issues uh, as being uh, too too moderate? Uh, that's what I would expect mm-hmm. to do. And to me, I'm 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 really interested to see him uh, as we look at uh, Senator Klobuchar from Minnesota, who's also in the moderate lane. How do those two uh, yeah. kind of face off against each other, John? That's where I was going to go too, because you know, and she she's has decent numbers. In, in both states, looks like around 5 6%, which is an improvement for her, but she doesn't have 25%, right? So tonight, and she's had success positioning herself different from Sanders and Warren. That's allowed her to succeed. How aggressively do you think she might be if she gets opportunities to distinguish herself from Mayor Pete? She has shown a willingness to do that in a previous debate, so it would not surprise me if she thinks this is one of her only chances to really set herself apart with perhaps some of the same philosophies, but much more deeply steeped in experience and expect her to talk about that there. And, you know, the person who also may come into play here, at least subtly, is Vice President Biden. Mm -hmm. Because to the degree that Mayor Pete has indeed surged in some of these polls, he probably is taking it away from more moderate voters who make up the base for Vice President Biden. And Senator Sanders and Warren may want him to rise like that because polls also indicate that as we move towards the deep south, states like South Carolina that are so decisive in some of these early primaries and caucuses that Pete Buttigieg will struggle significantly there relative to Vice President Biden. So they probably would like a more fractured, more fragmented race at that point. So I think that he could, in effect, face criticism from all sides. But as everyone has seen with him on the campaign trail and certainly in the debates, as Scott mentioned, he is quite an adept Politicians, good, uh, very, very smart young man, and my guess is he is expecting this, and will probably have a good response to it. All right, twenty seconds each uh, of the two, Scott, you first in the race, Bloomberg or Patrick? Which one has the best chance to last for a while? Bloomberg, Bloomberg, John, I, money, money, just money, yeah, and and some appeals, and, and too. So, yeah, yeah. 
concur with Scott, um, but I would give the small uh, uh, factor that it's not quite clear he's going to jump in at this yeah. point. He oh, was supposed to jump in on Monday and then on yeah. Tuesday, and yep. you know he may be getting cold feet again, so we'll have yeah. to see. Might be taking the temperature about how his apology was received mm-hmm. regarding stop and frisk. Right. Gents, thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. Playing politics, we enjoy it every Wednesday right around one thirty-five. Hopefully you get a chance to listen to it live, or by the way, on Radio.com. Listening right now, you can rewind right at the start. Also available to you, Star Tribune and StarTribune.com.